This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. Today is a pretty spectacular day because today I am very, very, very fortunate, and so is Lucas, to have Matthew McConaughey, uh, Academy Award winner, actor, husband, father of three children. Uh, He considers himself a storyteller uh, as his occupation, and he believes it's okay to have a beer on the way to the temple, which is my favorite line I've ever heard, Matthew. (laughs) So thank you for coming on to my podcast and being so gracious enough to uh, visit with the people that watch us, which is why I invited you on. I invited you on because I found your book to be such uh, an incredible example of what it means to be somebody who's self-reflective, somebody who's sensitive uh, and comfortable in that because I don't feel there's a lot of masculine role models out there encouraging that. So welcome to the podcast. Great Great to be here, Lucas. I'm looking forward to our chat. (laughs) You know, what do you feel? Do you feel this level of vulnerability that you express in the book? Uh, It feels like a way of life based on what I read in the book. Do you feel that there was a certain point where you chose to kind of live this way? Well, let me say this, because that word vulnerability is a word that I've not always had a great relationship with. Um, okay. For me, it's always, it used to be, and still to some extent, but it's changing. It's always been a a, 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 a regressive word to me. I always thought vulnerable, like I'm open weight, I'm, I, I'm you know, I, I, I kind of coupled vulnerability with um, humility. And I, that's another word I didn't have a good relationship with. Um, I didn't know how to have self-confidence or trust in myself determination when I was understanding, oh, I'm being vulnerable or I'm being humble. I'm growing into understanding that, oh, and actually there's great power I'm feeling with humility. There's great power I'm feeling with what I term vulnerability. So I'm redefining these things in my life. So I think I've always lived this way. I just, if you'd have asked me five years ago or any time in the 45 years prior, do you, do you, you know, uh, do you feel like you're vulnerable? I'd have been like, no, no, I don't want to be vulnerable. No, I don't want to be susceptible. See, I'm already synonymizing those words, yes. which is how I used to do it. And then I think what, what now I'm seeing it is I would call it, I, people have asked this question, well, you were so vulnerable, you're open book. I can't believe you shared all these. Things. I'm like, what they asked me, was that hard? I'm like, no, I mean, no, that was the fun part. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't look at whatever parts of my story that I share that you may deem as, oh, that was very vulnerable of you. I'm still going, well, was it? I just kind of thought it was like, it was so easy. It's much easier to just be honest. It's yeah. much easier to just say, hey, I've seen the times in my life where I stepped in SHIT right there on the same level as the times when I got to the top of the highest peak. And that's just part of the dance of life. So. I don't know. I mean, maybe I felt more courageous to just say, oh, these, plus they're funnier stories. <laughs> Humor, as you know from reading my book, is a top line 
approach for me, especially when mm -hmm. I am in times where I'm confused, lost, screw up, stepping, you know what, I very quickly start to giggle not to dismiss it, but to go, here we go. All right, let's deal. And I think people would say, oh, that was very vulnerable. And I have been asked that question. You were so vulnerable. I'm like, was I really? I don't know. I just thought like, if that stuff in there that what you're calling vulnerable, if I wouldn't have shared it, I mean, who wants to hear the boring story of someone's successes only or someone that is only talking about when they had it all together yep. when they yep. were in the know and what they prognosticated actually happened now fortunately i've had some of those moments but boy yep. as you know in the book I, I i and in life i think not just for me we appreciate those moments because they're not permanent we appreciate those moments because we are confused trying to figure it out have questions prognosticate and it doesn't turn out to be what we thought it was going to be self-determined and fate has another plan for us um and vice versa so i just thought it was all on level playing field and it was it was easier and maybe i don't know someone could say it was very courageous of you but yeah I, maybe i just see vulnerability different it's, now it, it i just feel there's this sense about you in your journeys and in your growth and in your there's this comfort you have a you're comfortable with your own humanity that's what it feels like and that comfort is i think perceived perhaps by me and or these other people that yeah. said it okay. too as a vulnerability but that comfort that you have with yourself what's so magical about it to be quite honest because i obviously watched interviews of you about the book your comfort with yourself winds up in turn giving people permission to be comfortable with themselves and their humanity. Yeah, Amen. I've, I've heard that a few times and that's wonderful to hear and know that, that, that me sharing my story translated to other people's story. Yes, it's a very personal story, but I'm finding and hearing like what you just said, other people are here seeing my story, objectively looking at it and then personalizing it themselves and going, oh, I feel the same way in my life or, oh, I stepped and you know what, the same kind of way in my life. That's it. Maybe I would handle it differently or maybe I would laugh at it sooner or maybe I would appreciate my successes in a different way. That's been my favorite part about mm. this share in the book. Here I am some almost 20 weeks later and I'm still having original conversations about it, about how it's affecting people particularly. You and I, I've talked about this subject before 50 mm -hmm. times, but I've never had this conversation. Yeah. yeah, that I'm having with you and with you, yeah. Luke. So, um, you know, comfort with my own, with humanity. I mean, or comfort with myself. I, I would say this, and I think you get it from the book. I mean, that investigation of self, the exploration of self, of our own selves, I cannot, I, I mean, I know of no other more paramount subject to investigate. I know of no other subject more yeah. important or more fun and entertaining and horrific uh, than to investigate ourselves, to explore yes. ourselves, to get to know ourselves, to get to know what we don't know about ourselves. I yep. mean, there's our, there's, if, if we're looking for something to do, <laughs> if we're bored in life or, <laughs> at a, or, or at a dead end, I mean, just go look in the mirror and go, oh, oh, I got plenty to do. 
mean, <laughs> it's an endless adventure. Yeah, um, yeah that for may, sure. Maybe I think my book somehow is reminding people, oh, yeah, there's the new <clears throat> frontier. There's a frontier I need to invest more time in. There's a frontier that's going to be endlessly entertaining. There's a frontier that's going to be hard because I'm not going to enjoy my own company all the time. I'm not going to like what I see all the time. And that's okay. But let's yep. go hang out because you're the one person I can't get rid of. <laughs> say that. Absolutely. Everybody can say that. So but you don't, you don't bring shame with that. that that's what's so uh, unique okay. is I yeah. think some people are free to go to that self-reflection because they beat themselves up for the things about themselves that perhaps were not ideal, like the times they stepped in shit. And you don't have that. And it's so incredible. And I think that contributes to why you feel you can afford to be authentic because you're you're like, hey, yeah, I fuck up. It, it happens. And I also nailed this. It's like right. you talked about selfish and selfless and how they yeah. go hand in hand. That is part of what I see here. That's It's very unusual, Matthew, yes. especially for somebody at yeah. your level of success. Like yeah. you still are very down to earth. And I feel it's all part of this. Well... I, you know, I mean, <laughs> truth, you know, that old line, truth, stranger than fiction, that are, 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 I've had some experiences in my life and share the stories in the book that you go, if someone had written that or put that was in a Hollywood movie, some of that stuff, you go, bullshit, that didn't happen. Totally. I mean, totally. so many times we're reminded right around us of, 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 of things in our own life that you're like, you know, to use that word I don't like, we call it unbelievable. And it's like, no, that's that, that or or expectations of the world and people and they do something, they harm us or they do something extraordinary. And I write about this, but we go unbelievable. And I'm like, you keep saying unbelievable so much, you might need to go, wait, no, it's actually quite believable. If there's one thing you depend on people being, it's people. And we are some funny monkeys, um, you know, and we can do some extraordinary things. And we have an extraordinary amount of evil in us that we can access as well. Um, and extraordinary of goodness we can access. So to say, hey, both those are true. Let's not deny the, 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 the bad or the ugly side. And let's, I have a choice. We've got a choice. Every single day, every hour, we've got a choice. And I'm not going to be a puritanical evangelist and say, so you should only feed your good wolf. I'm just saying, yeah. don't take my advice for it. You just tell me if the world starts feeding their own good wolf more than they feed their bad wolf, you tell me which one you get more residuals from. You tell me which one you get more return on your investment being you on. You tell me which one brings you more joy. You tell me which one gives you more green lights in your tomorrow. Yeah. You do the math. I'm not here to tell you. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So I love this recalibration, your sensitivity to having a recalibration for yourself, be it the retreats, be it the solo road trips, be it your journaling. Just your willingness to self-reflect to the, you know, we do have a lot of uh, younger men who watch our podcast. What would you say to them to enroll them in that? For those who maybe don't, didn't grow up with the comfort of that, right? how often, why should they begin? Well, again, back to what we were talking about earlier, who, who, who better to in, investigate and, and, and who better to, and, and, and a lot of people out there may be listening going, yeah, but with it, I mean... I bore myself. That's okay. Go be bored with yourself. That's part of it. Go get stuck with yourself where you're like, I'm freaking bored. 
<laughs> I don't want to write something down. I don't want to think about who I am. I don't. Okay, now that's a good reason. That's usually a good tell. Exactly, you're right in the right place. Don't leave. Don't pull the parachute. Don't pick up the phone. Don't write somebody. Don't look for that outside frequency to entertain you. Yeah. Stick with it. And guess what? First thing's gonna be, you're gonna be like, you're gonna go from bored to probably like, well, I'm more than bored now. Now I don't even like hanging with myself. Good, now you're really getting there. Now hang in there, stick with yourself. Definitely don't pull the parachute now, because now you're getting somewhere. Now you're going like, I do not like my company. There we go, there we go, hang in there. Well, you'll sit there and you'll go through do not like my company, and you'll go through maybe shame, guilt, embarrassment of who you are in your own private mind where the world doesn't, the, the stuff we are that no one else in the world even polices, what we do in the dark. We may go, oh man, I'm not really that. Or we'll go through shame, guilt, and embarrassment of things we do give to the world. Well, sit in there for a minute and figure out, take time to figure out, all right, I'm changing this because I'm a repeat offender of this act in my life or this way of thinking that never brings me any joy. I talk about it in the, in the, in the book. It's like that, that bar we go to that the next morning we have a worse hangover yeah. than another bar we go to. We have, it's not the drinks we have. We have the same amount of drinks at the bar, but maybe it's who we're hanging out with. Maybe it's the conversation we're having that the next morning we're hung over because we're like, God, that was kind of ugly. That was kind of at someone else's expense who wasn't there. That conversation didn't inspire me. That conversation maybe got the big laugh in the moment, but we walked away and people lost respect for me or I lost respect for them. Stick through those, those times. You'll figure out what you want to change and then you'll also stick there long enough to find the grace to forgive yourself. Because when we do find ourselves, when we feel like we're on frequency, the challenge is that we think, oh, since we found it, I'll never lose it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we find it and the world's so clear and our relationship with the world and ourselves is on, it's all a green light, preserve it because it will go away either by our own doing or the world's doing. Um, and so it's between saying, hey, I've had enough of this with myself. I'm changing that habit. Enough's enough. And on the other side, I'm going to forgive yourself for that, Matthew, or whoever you are. Forgive yourself for some things and say enough's enough with some other things. And in there is, I think, one of the secrets of our own personal evolution. And we all want to evolve a little bit, right? I mean, we don't want to go through life saying it was just flat. I came into the world this, it never got better, it never got more meaningful, it was all flat. No, I believe we have a real chance for at least a small ascension in our life. Or hell, what the hell's evolution for? What are we doing? What's time for? What's experience exactly. for? Um, so make it count a little bit. I'm not saying it's got to be, you know, mm -hmm. hey, go conquer the world, do everything right now, carpe yeah. diem. I'm not saying that. No, man, just a small ascension. Yeah. And that does not mean it's always on the way up either. There are little debits along the way, but if the assets can just be a little bit more than the debits, there will be a small ascension. <laughs> then Absolutely. we're, all, then we're on our way. And if we're on our way up a slight ramp in life, slowly chasing our better self or our truer self or more transcendent self, if we can keep chasing and know that we never arrive. Yeah. yeah. We never get yeah. there. The chase yeah. is the gig. It's, if it's we the can practice. Take the chase is as good as it gets. <laughs> All I got to do is stay in the race and commit to the chase, knowing I'll never cross the finish line. 
Well, shit. All right, let's get it on. Here we go. Exactly. All right, so you talked about the concept of it's in those harder moments when you don't like what you see, and that reminded me of your day 12 of the 22 journey in the Amazon, which is probably the story that most touched me, uh, inspired me the most, and how you, can you tell us that story and about the stripping yourself down of all those talismans? Because that, to me, was profound. That is such a profound section. Well, so I'll take these, I've taken these 22-day walkabouts with myself. Um, In times of my life, usually in times where actually seem to be great affluence and options and success in life. Yeah. Where in that success or within these newfound options I had in my life, I felt my feet off the ground and I needed discernment. And I, maybe times I was really busy, back to back to back to back working. And I needed like, man, I'm not getting any, 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 any sort of, I'm not able to separate events in my day. We've all been there. We lay on our bed at night. Sometimes we're like, what did I do today? What did I have for yeah. breakfast? Jeez, I don't remember. What did I do today? And that'll happen sometimes, but I think we're all happy when we can lay down and go, oh yeah, I had this for breakfast. I remember enjoying that. Then I met with so-and-so. Then I did this. When we see events in our day and in our life and can remember them, they have a little demarcation between them and they have meaning on their own and significance on their own. But sometimes they just get washed together and you're like, I'm not even sure what I've been doing the last month. I've been on autopilot, right? Well, those are times when I've found I need to go away, to get off autopilot, to check in with myself. The first 12 days of those trips are usually very tough on me because I'm sped up. I'm coming from a fast-paced life of being busy. Um, I'm looking ahead. I'm trying to get to a destination. Where are we going? I'm looking at a clock time. I'm saying, oh, I think it's lunchtime, but it's actually still 10 a.m. Oh, I'm, I'm sped up on time. I'm going too fast for time. About day 12, I'll have a bit of a purge, meaning I, like that story in Peru. I've not been enjoying the company of myself for the 12 days of that walkabout. I'm fighting my demons, trying to figure out what to forgive, what to forget, what to turn the page on, feeling those things, shame, embarrassment, guilt. And then all of a sudden I looked at myself and I'm like, look, what are, what, who am I? What am I about? And I go like, you know, I look at these talismans, these things that these tattoos or talismans or wedding rings or American ball cap, patriotism, family name, even our religion to an extent, things that we grab a hold of that are things we brought into our life that are monikers of a, this is something I stand for. This is something I believe in. I'm, I'm for us all having those. We, those are good reminders. But what happened to me on day 12 is that I got to go, oh, wait a minute. I got to strip these things. What was I before I was a married man? What was I before I was an American citizen? What was I before I was a, I had my Celtic Irish, Irish heritage? Yeah. What was I before I had my dad's, my, my, my dad's break, bracelet, who's now, my dad's since passed away, and that gives me honor what was I before my African ring that, that, I, that, I, that I got in my second trip to Africa that means so much? Well, let's strip these things. Wait a minute. Get, you, you acquired these things in this life. Yeah. Let's go back to who were you when you first came in and what did you have before you were a, 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 a man or, or you were, we were our sex coming in. But even those things that go with 
uh, male and female, before we were uh, grew into a man, before we grew into a woman, before we uh, were a citizen, before we chased our heritage, before we got a tattoo that said, "Hey, I'm this so I'm this warrior." Or I'm this. Before that came, we came in yeah. as at least mammals. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Now I'm going to go so far, and this would be debatable for someone who's who's agnostic or atheist. I go went down to saying I came in as a child of God. Yeah. That's for me. Now you may want to go even a step deeper if you're not a believer and go. No, I came in as a breathing mammal with mm-hmm. a heart, brain, and four limbs, and that was it. And I needed yeah. air, and I needed warmth and shelter. Well, go back to that before any talismans we could acquire. Before we formed identity, before we uh, um, had style or, or whatever our own personal ethos is, yeah. strip it all away and go, well, now I'm down to the bare bones. And I'm still that because we are all still that. Yes. Now, hopefully we've gone through life and covered ourselves with certain talismans that are shields of honor and, and badges of honor. But a lot of times we cover ourselves with ones that are not good-looking scars that are not healthy and constructive badges of honor. They're actually maybe badges of dishonor or they're things that we acquired in our life when we were in a bad route. We were in a rut, man, and, and, and they mean, and we're looking at them now and going, ah, well, strip them away. Yeah. Redefine them. Give, it's like spring cleaning is what it really is. Yes. Spring clean yourself and have a look and go back to the root. Well, what does that wedding ring mean? Ding, I hadn't really looked at it in a while. Well, it's got 622 on there because that's my favorite verse in the Bible. Why is it your favorite verse in the Bible? Well, let's break that down again. Let's go back to the original root because our talismans take on different meanings. Sometimes the honor we start with, our, we, we, we have in our talismans early when we get them, turn into foolish pride later. So let's strip them back down to, and, and look at them one by one. So I had a purge this night in Peru, and I had, I purged, actually, I threw up, I had a headache. Yep. I had a fit with myself and had a wrestling match and a boxing match with myself, and it was bloody, and it was ugly, and it hurt, and it was scary. But I woke up the next morning, and even all of the Peruvian crew that I was with that was helping me go go on the guide and carrying some things to Sherpas and stuff, they saw me from a distance come out of the tent, and they were like, Mateo, la luz! The light. They were telling me, your light, just by the way they could see yeah. me move. Yep. And I was. I had purged. I was, I was fresh. I was hungry. I didn't get any sleep the night before, but I was like, I smelled better. I saw clearer. I felt better. And You were I, born I, again. You were like, born again. And we can force those, we can put ourselves in situations to, 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 to get those experiences. And I went for a, a walk with myself, and I remember I came across this big blue pool, neon blue pool in the middle of the mud path in, in front of me. And it stopped me because it looked like it was plugged in. It was very an unnatural looking sight in the middle of the jungle because it was neon glowing from the floors. And I'm out there in the jungle where I'm not even, I'm 100 miles from electricity. I'm like, this looks man-made. Then I get duped because the floor moves and it's tens of thousands of blue butterflies. And I'm like going, oh, that's about as far from man-made as you can get. 
Well, excuse me for condescending Mother Nature and God for thinking that they couldn't make neon colors. Oh, they can make neon on top of neon. I had no idea. And I remember being an awestruck and a little voice came to me and I remember going back to the tent later, writing down, going, all um, that I want is what I can see. And all that I can see is in front of me. For the first time in the trip, I wasn't looking around the corner. I wasn't thinking of the time. I wasn't anticipating where I'm gonna go. Yeah. I was right there, present, and then I was able to go back to my tent and pick up each one of those talismans and going, yeah, that is my ring. Yeah, I am Irish. Yeah, I am a, 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 a man. Yeah, I am an American. Yeah, that is my dad's bracelet that he wore before he passed. And they, those things one at a time meant something. So now they were back on me and they're in their original honor and not maybe my foolish pride. I also, it's good to take those things off because we can start to rely on those external things mm. for our identity. Yeah. When we start to rely on them. We're not, do, not only doing ourselves not no justice, we're not doing the talisman the justice because it's, it's a little like a relationship with God. If we're relying on fate all the time, I think God starts to go, hey, 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 your hands are on the wheel down there. Don't you just be relying on me? You know what I mean? Get your hands on the wheel. Self-determination matters. I need you to try. Don't be relying on me with straight out inshallah all the time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a rebirth and it's spring cleaning. And as you yeah. get, so that was then my experience with the Amazon. And those, and those beautiful butterflies and that imagery and you describing it now is even better than I could have imagined, <laughs> even though you talk about it deeply in the book. There's a scene in the Dallas Buyers Club where Ron is in that room where the yeah. butterflies come. Is that, did you have that? That was a similar, I told John Mark about my experience in, in, the, in Peru in the jungle, but he had that scene, he added that scene himself. I don't believe that. That was not from my story. Oh, wow. wow. But it was a very similar. And then I told him my story. And then he yes. was like, oh, well, this makes even more sense. There's a reason that I thought of this scene being in the movie. It's such a oh, profound yeah. moment for his character because it feels like the first time, at least for me, where he's present to yeah. the moment. And I couldn't help think, oh, my God, that's that scene that you had for yourself of presence. Right. Yep. So beautiful. Yep. So beautiful. Okay, so the other thing that struck me is your willingness to ask repeatedly for what you want. When you asked your father, even though you were scared to death about wanting to go to film school, when you asked for the Texas Chainsaw lead, when you asked for the time to kill for Jake, like you ask a lot. And I am curious what inspired you to come i mean you don't ask you don't get in my book no. it's ballsy though dude yeah. like where the you were not you were not in a position to be ballsy a, a lot of these early asks tell us about that well i uh, someone say something some would say i've taken a lot of risk in my life i would say okay but I would also say if I had to go back to my 15 year old self, what, what piece of advice would I give myself is take more risk. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, very early on, I remember, maybe it came from my, my mom, what she instilled in us about sort of resilience and, 
and, and, and, and owning moments and having and, and taking a chance, letting your reach exceed your grasp sometimes. Um, I, I, it's kind of like risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. Please, all they can do is say no. <laughs> oh, freaking what? You know, on the bat, what? Okay, so I walk out a little embarrassed. Ah, oh, geez. But yeah, I've always felt this. If I try something, and I don't half ass it, or I attempt and I ask for something, and the answer is no, well, I'll either maybe try again or another tact, or say if it's just full fait accompli, no. Okay, we get, there's a, there's, you gotta have style with that because we all know the people that go, well, I'll ask and ask and ask and ask and ask again. We have children. And you're like, hey, you're not getting the context. The answer is no. Okay. Now you're starting to be a pain in the ass and you're gonna go, I'm actually gonna fire you from the other job that I already gave you. So quit asking for more, right? Or I'm gonna take yep. that over. So there's totally. a style with it. But if I ask and the answer is no, I at least then know. Okay, N-O-W. What I, I can sleep that night with failing if I try. What will keep me up at night is wondering, what if? What, 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 what if I, what if I would have shot that gap? What if I would have taken, tried and then an opportunity yeah. showed up? Ah, oh, now I don't know. Ah, damn it. Now I'm, now my brain's going, oh, geez, now I'm getting busy with a bunch of BS and, and I'm not, it's, it's, I don't, I'm up at night. I'm, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, but if I, I just don't like that feeling of not knowing. And as yeah. I said earlier, I even want to know what I don't know. But if I try and fail and I can go, well, you gave, you, you gave it all you, all you were equipped to know how to give it. All right, at least I know now. I can look in the mirror. I, I'm that way with success too. It's why I'm a big fan of self-reliance. I want to look in the mirror and go, hey, that worked. Yeah. And you're highly responsible for that, Matthew. Good job. That's, I want to also look in the mirror and go, hey, that didn't work. And you're primarily responsible for that, Matthew. I want to know both ways. It's, yeah. the, it's the, wow, it worked, but I don't know how it worked. Mm-hmm. Did I have a hand in that? That's even I don't like. Or, wow, it didn't work. And I didn't try, I didn't ask, I, did it, could it have worked? Now I'm going down a slippery slope into confusion, angst, regret, uh, those feelings I don't like. So that's why I think I've always just been, well, let me give it a shot. Let me. It's, it's self-responsibility. Like yeah. I, what I get is that you didn't always have yes as the response, but you never took it personally when you got no, and you were able to live with the no without making yourself wrong. And that seems to give you the impetus to go back at another higher level and ask for something different all over again. It's it's. Well, I mean, I come indeed. from a family of salesmen. And we like to hustle in both sense of the word, yeah. um, you know, and, and, you know, one of the things we don't realize, and it kind of, I think this is part and parcel with the old, hey, life's not easy. One of the things we need to let our kids know, it's not easy, all right, um, is that when you ask something, if you're asking a question, you, we, we forget that it's 50-50 the answer, yes or no. We go, we ask something, we go in our mind, we think I get to 95 to be yes, and if it's 5%, no, it's like, no, buddy, that math doesn't add up. You're asking something that has not been offered. Yeah. 
So it's a 50% chance the answer is no, 50% yes. And when we shake hands with that fact and that math, then the no's aren't so debilitating. Then the no's aren't like, oh my gosh, that no means I'm a failure. That no mm. I, I'm not equipped. That, that no means I have no identity. That no means I was wrong. That, we don't go down that slippery slope of, um, of, of, of self-destruction. And you go like, well, okay, no. Uh, took a chance to roll the dice. It could have been heads or tails. It was yes or no. It was no. I, I <laughs> thought, should I ask Matthew McConaughey through our mutual friend, Danny, if he'll come on my podcast? What are the chances? I thought it was 95 <laughs> to 5 that he would not come on. <laughs> and I and here he is. And here he is. So you never know. You know, it's like you never it, know. It, it, sometimes, you know, it's the old salesman thing. You knock on a door today, the answer is no. You can knock on a day tomorrow, it's yes. Well, why? Well, sometimes it's because yeah. who the answered the door tomorrow really had a good night's sleep and a good breakfast. Totally. Yeah. And the reason was yesterday is he was he 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 was his new his new puppy had just crapped on the kitchen floor and you asked him <laughs> right after cleaning up the crap. No. <laughs> so, so it's timing it's timing as well of when do you catch you never know what that person what kind of day they're having. I always joke about this with text. You know, it's like, yeah. God bless the emoji. <laughs> you send a text. I'm in a good mood. I'm messing with you, Lucas. And yeah. I send you a text, you know, and I say, you know, do this ASAP. And you're like, geez, he's yelling at me. What the? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going like, no, I just mean, hey, can you let me know as soon as it's possible for you? Yeah. You know, or, or, and so you got to put like a little wink sometimes, let people know, oh, he's kidding. Or, oh, they're joshing. It's kind of funny because we don't use the, we don't. It, I'd rather use words, you know, um, than emojis. Yeah. But that's that's. It's like you don't know the context of where someone who's receiving the message where they are in their life on that day. Um, yeah. Maybe they're not in a joking mood. Maybe you're serious about something and they're in a great joking mood and they take it really lightly. Right. You're like going, "No, I'm serious." <laughs> exactly. like, you know, so it's context is a and timing is very important. Yeah. Lucas, did yeah. you? Uh, I just got one question um, that that's really with me is uh, you seem to be super spiritual, and I was wondering about your experience with True Detective um, playing Rust because he's yeah. like the most nihilistic dude I've ever <laughs> met. And so, so I'm wondering uh, what what was that like for you? What Let did me you? Tell you a great yeah. question and great um, a great great insight on that because. The reason I was able to really latch on to Rustin's Cole, Rustin Cole's nihilism, and is and and, 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 and and go deep into that, and trust that I could keep, I could really go in and because I believe, I, I thought he was fascinating. I, I still a lot of stuff he said. I'm like that's fascinating. That does not is because at that time, my faith was one of the strongest it's ever been. So, to go there and really go, I believe this. I more than understand this. This got like practical sense, unemotionally. I can trust myself to go there and not look back over my shoulder and go, "Where's church? Is church still there? Because I may come, I may come a running." You know what I mean? Or I didn't see him as a contradiction. 
because I had such, I was so I was very grounded in my faith at that time, allowed me to go deeper. If I wouldn't have been as grounded in my faith, I might have gotten chicken shit and, and going into rusting coal. I might have I might have pulled up a little short, going, "Ooh, I don't want to go there," because if I go there, I may turn around and the, the door may be locked yeah. to my faith. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was able to go there and go, "No, that door's open." And as a believer, yeah, God's watching you, buddy. He's fine. He's saying he's, I, my belief was he's applauding that you'll go that far. He likes a trier. I, I talk about it. I had my agnostic years uh, in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, my feeling was that God was going, thank you for trying. Thank you for saying it's on you. Mm. I know it's not. You know it's not. But thank you for putting it on you and at least saying, having the having the, the, the balls to say I'm the judge and the jury of myself and that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe God knows that I was always coming out to go, oh, okay. But he was like, like the talismans. Hey, don't be wearing me as a talisman. Mm-hmm. Don't be wearing your belief as like a, 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 a crutch or don't be coming to me. Just when it's bad news, but let's be hanging out all the time in the good news and the bad news. We're in this together. So part of going deep into Rust and Coal was I, my faith was very sound and very, very strong. One of its strongest it's been at that time. Um, and if it wouldn't have been, I'd have been much more fearful to go that deep into Rust and Coal's mind. Yeah. Do you find that with all characters that you've played? Like, is it, are you often at the opposite end of the spectrum? Do you see that? Well, or? I do, I must say, I do find some uh, usefulness and creative usefulness with what I'll call um, that reverb. Like I, like I will, for instance, enjoy doing a drama right after I've done a comedy or enjoy doing a comedy sure, sure, right sure. after a drama. I like to go, well, let's swing like a boomerang. Let's swing all the way to the other side because we've been here and there's, there's great propulsion or propulation, whatever the word is, if I'm making it up. <laughs> it, 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 there's great... <clears throat> You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's like a boomerang. There's a larger swing to the other side. So use that momentum to go, and then I'm in action. Then I'm in movement. If it's, yeah. if it's shorter distance to go, I'm just kind of here yeah. and turning around and kind of going, and now I'm here. But the, there's, there's less bandwidth mm-hmm. uh, for, for the swing and the, and the reverb or the boomerang at, uh, uh, attack, as I call it. Um, <laughs> so I, I, do, I do like that swinging to opposites. Yeah. Um, there's something very creative I feel about that for me. Mm. Yeah. The winter, you called the experience as an exchange student that you were in in Australia as your a winter for you. Worst winter, and, yes. <laughs> and and I'd love you to just talk to the people who are metaphorically going through their winters now, and perhaps literally, I know you really are going to be doing. You've already done so much for Texas to try to help them and you're going to have a uh, virtual fundraiser so tell us about that but also just the metaphorical winter that probably many people have gone through this past year with the lockdown yeah i mean look we all have you know winter is is just naturally speaking a time when animals hibernate you you go away you get introspective you're forced indoors into intimacy you're forced to be with yourself more. Um, it's why the seasons are lined up. If it was all summertime, it was all barefoot running around summertime. It's kind of like, that's what I call like, it's all green lights. If you're catching nothing but green lights, 
well, where's that ascension? Where's that evolution? Where do we learn? You know, so we need our falls and our winters in our seasons of our life um, and not just on the calendar year. And this last year with COVID has been a, the world was forced into a winter. It, 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 some, some tragically and all of us at least awkwardly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's one thing we're starting to come out of. Texas just got a actual forced winter, worst freeze in 71 years. Our energy systems did not uh, uh, perform through the freeze. They, our, our power lines froze up where we weren't insulated right. Pumps froze up, um, mm -hmm. uh, turbines froze up um, and people went without power and then pipes froze. And now there's a big clean water problem. Um, we're throwing together a fundraiser to raise money in the, for the immediate term and the long term for Texans who were affected by the freeze. A lot of those, I mean, a lot, a lot of people were, but there's also a lot of elders that were without food for days. Um, so we're, we're partnering and we're vetting these different charities where we can implement and get some things that are needed. Now, the long term idea of, hey, what can we do in Texas so this doesn't happen again? That's, that's a kind of another thing. There's, 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 how do we insulate these energy systems so it doesn't happen again? Um, we're looking into that, but we'll, I need to see more. I need to learn more to know what, how that's tangible or how we can help with that. Yeah. Um, you know, a forced winter, if you look at COVID and we have to, uh, the, the year that, that we've had, um, the world's had, there's some great assets that are going to come out of this year for us personally. I'm not denying the tragedy and the awkwardness. I'm not trying to make lemonade out of lemons. I'm just saying, let's look at the paradox here. Yeah. We've been stripped to our necessities. We've had to spend more time. Most of us spent more time with family. Yep. My mother's been with us for 10 months now. Every day she's with her grandchildren. That wouldn't have happened without COVID. Totally. It just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So I'm yeah. choosing to say, hey, that's an upside. That's an asset. I pet, I pet my, our people have pet their pets longer. <laughs> That's true. You know true. Um, the pets are happy. You know, um, I've heard stories of children that are that are out of the house are now rekindling relationships with their parents because actually remotely talking like this to their parents, they were able to share things that they weren't. Wow. Oh. Beautiful. So there's a lot of things. We've been forced to reevaluate. What do we value in yeah. life? Now, For sure. One of the great tests we'll be able to see in five, 10 years, how much boomerang, hopefully out of this COVID, how much did we talk about boomerangs? How much did we snap right back to who we were before? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or how much did we actually go through a forced winter that made us reevaluate, learn, become better humans? Yeah. Um, hopefully yeah. that's the case, is that we just will grow and that we'll look back at 2020 and 2021 as, hey, those were tough years, unprecedented times, but well, that was the start of something good. That was the start of something that we actually did get to turn a page as a species, as a people, as nations, as states, as families. Um, and, and you talk about the minister of culture and the values, the shared values. Tell us, yeah. you know, you you dovetailed right into yeah. that. So, well, I I I mean, I'm looking around the world and trying to say everything gets politicized. We have extremes here and extremes here. You've got denominations that, have, you know, religion that has been corporatized and you go, people don't trust in that. There's nobody trusts anymore. They don't trust each other. They don't trust our leaders. They don't trust your government. And all of a sudden you end up not trusting yourself. Well, 
I'm trying to say, what are the things that we could all agree on? What are the common denominator of values that we can redefine again, that we can put back on the table and go, guys, this is stuff our mothers taught us. We forgot them. Yep. Let's take off our talismans again <laughs> That's and right. say, why is responsibility good? Why is it good? Why, does, why is it good to be generous? Well, generosity gives gratitude to the person who receives it and from the person who gives it. And you know what? That gratitude kind of creates responsibility because the more we're thankful for, the more we give value to, we take on the responsibility to tend to those things, to take care of them, to give them more merit. And then I argue that that kind of responsibility actually leads to more freedom, mm. true freedom. Mm -hmm. And some people go, well, freedom and responsibility, that's not, those two contradict. Well, I don't think so. Freedom with that responsibility is what? Entertainment? Again, it's like catching all green lights. We're just running yep. in so we run out of gas if it's all about entertainment with no responsibility. No, we want it. We, we, we grow. We have things we care about. We walk off in the world and we leave those things behind, but we still carry those things with us, whether it's relationships, whether it's our children, whether it's mm -hmm. what we've built in our careers, whatever. We're tending to those things. We're not going to go out and be foolish with them. That's real freedom to go out and go, whoo, four dimensional, no structure, no gravity. Now I'm free. Well, watch how last, watch how long that lasts. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that doesn't, that, that's got short term ROI. It Absolutely. doesn't last long. It's, 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 um, I call it a battery powered green light, not a solar powered mm. green light. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's going to run out of juice. So, when did that green light metaphor come to you? How, how many years have you referenced that kind I of okay, It came to me in writing the book. It did. Mm, okay. It came to me in seeing, in the looking back at my journals for the last 50 years, way, ways and places I created, engineered green lights for myself by choices, yep. by responsibilities, by taking risks, by asking again. Um, and then I noticed sometimes green lights just fell in my lap. Well, how did I get so damn lucky right here? I don't know, but I'm going to do something with it. Um, <laughs> and then I noticed that the red and yellow lights in my life, the hardships, the pauses, yeah. the confusions, the times when I was lost, at the time, they sure as hell didn't feel like a green light. But I go back and scientifically look at the year in Australia where I was lost yeah. and insane. Major green light. At the time, major red light. But I yeah. wouldn't be sitting here talking to you all right now with the life I have if I didn't have that year of penance yeah. and sacrifice and insanity. <laughs> do, you, do you feel that kick-started your incredible journal, your, your, your diligence and discipline around your journaling? It, it felt to me like that year, it became your only salvation. And perhaps, I don't know, you tell me. Did well, that it did because the pen and the, pa the paper were my only friends. Yeah. And so who was I writing to? Yeah. Me. Yeah. Who was I returning letters to? Yeah. Me. So I took the Socratic dialogue to the page. Yeah. For the first time, because I didn't have anyone else to have the dialogue with. And I think that, that Socratic dialogue is very important. Now, mind you, early on, it's tough. Because the answers are like, why? Why? It's confusing. You don't, it's all questions, no answers. Yes. But if you keep asking the questions, you start to form some answers. And I've formed a lot more answers now at 51 years, but I have no fewer questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure. But the, but the other thing it gave you was that sense of 
in that moment when they wanted you to call them both mom and dad, like you, you found your center, you yeah. found your anchor. You were like indecisive before that. Oh, it's cultural. Like, but then you were like, no, this is oh. what I believe. And stepping yeah. into that was like, it, it was like you birthed yeah. yourself there as well. That was a, that, that day. I remember very clearly. It was a complete birth because up to that point with that year in Australia, I think we we're five months into it. I was lost. I didn't know what well, I was coming or going. I didn't know what my identity was. I didn't have a sense of discernment, judgment. I not only didn't know who I was, I was unclear about who I was not. Yeah. Well, when I was asked to say, hey, call me mom and pop, it was very clear to me. That's not happening. <laughs> no. And to have that identity to say in judgment to go, no. And then go, thank you for thinking of me that way. That was diplomatic, dude. I, I, I was such a diplomat. I know. You are the consummate diplomat. Jesus. Oh my gosh, over and over and over. But I think part of that is that I had a hunch in my, you know, in this year, it's like, this is insane. Pull the parachute, get the hell out of here. You don't have to withstand this, go. In this year, I kept having, from the very beginning, I kept having this little secret going, stick with it, stick with it. There's a great prize at the end of this if you, if you finish the marathon. Yes, but also because you were keeping, you were a man of your word. Yeah. Yeah. You were coming from a place of wanting to be a man of his word. And that also, to me, said you already knew who you were. Even in the fucked upness of that craziness, you were like, I'm somebody who doesn't give in. I shook on it. Yeah. You didn't even sign the goddamn paper. That's that responsibility. You shook on it. You took ownership for your choice and you didn't let yourself off the hook until it was appropriate. And that <laughs> moment came. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't, I was, you know, I was never, ever going to leave Australia. Really? People ask me, wait, you had to be so close to leaving. I was, it was never an option. I never let my mind even entertain the thought. Again, yeah, yeah. because of that handshake and because I said, all right. And that's, that look, let's talk about that for a minute. As far yeah. as, you know, I opened up the book talking about one of the sort of, hypothesis or ways of approaching life is when you're deemed when you deem something inevitable mm -hmm. when i shook hands with the rotary club and said i'm not coming back okay i'm not signing the piece of paper to legally tell you i won't come back i'm telling right. you i'll shake hands on it unless there's a tragedy in my family i'm not coming back yeah that was inevitable to me yeah me coming back me not me staying there for the full year was inevitable so then it was just about Doubling down on the relativity. Well, how do I survive this? How do I, how do I endure this? How do I pivot? How do I, uh, you know, and it was majorly awkward. You'd read oh, about things. Oh, it's, it, you were in a looney bin. You were in yeah. a loony bin, dude. And I, <laughs> and I feel like that loony bin could have easily made you crazy, except for that journaling that probably just right. kept you somehow in a place of sanity. But that is also this responsibility you, yeah. you said in one of the conversations or maybe it's in the book freedom uh freedom comes from responsibility, responsibility. yeah and that yeah. you were responsible to yourself and your word and then you got to that point where you realized okay now 
it's in an inappropriate place for me too. It's and, and that's the pivot that I feel like you allow for yourself. Like you're a man of your word until you get to that place where you're like, now this is a different kind of uh, it crossed integrity. The line, and I didn't come home. I just yeah. right, right, exactly. So I never exactly. promised that I would. I never shook hands saying I'll stay with correct. family the whole time. Correct, <laughs> correct. It's so true. Um, well, and yeah, and it did give me freedom. Not then, but I look at the freedom I'm talking about that I've learned in my life now. I consistently, probably subconsciously, go into things and have been able to have great endurance or resilience yeah. because I'm like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> I know what I went through then. You know, it's still Correct. written in me. I know what I put up with and how long I endured then. Oh, I got I got plenty in the tank for this problem I'm totally. in right now. You know, yeah. so it it gave me confidence to go, oh, you can go further than maybe sometimes you the world tells you you can. Or you can out endure something longer than the world may say you can. So you know, it gave me great freedom. And, and I imagine it still gives you freedom because it was a test of how you were built. And I imagine how, you, what, when you see what you're in your youth and you're, you know, when we're young, when you see like what you're capable of then, how does that not stay with you the rest of your life? Well, yeah. I mean, if anything, I lead, you know, I have a more affluent life now. I got two houses, my pantry's full, I'm a successful career I love, I've got money in the yeah. bank. If anything, I need to keep working on leaning into being uncomfortable more. Mm -hmm. If anything, I now have to create more resistance for me to overcome in life. Then mm -hmm. the resistance was coming without me having to create it. When we're, when we're before, you know, and most of us have times in life or are always going through life where resist, resistance from the world's coming enough. We don't need to create more. Yeah. I have to watch now. And part of that resistance is taking responsibility for things. Raising kids, hell of a lot easier to say yes. <laughs> hell of a lot easier. Saying no, being responsible for saying, I'm going to take the time to explain it again, to show you an example of why that, why we don't do that, why that's not <laughs> character or why that's harmful to you. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of work, much more than going, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I, I, you know, have to look for those as well, though, in my own life. But hey, you know, you may, are you a little too comfortable? Again, don't want to trip myself running downhill. Right, yeah. right. Because right. we don't want to self-sabotage when we're successful. Mm -hmm. That's foolish as well. Totally. You know? um, but at the same and, time. And that's what I felt like you did with Brother Christian. You yeah, know, I was going to say Brother Christian. Yep, you're in that moment of having, you said, you know, what is me, a working class kid from Texas doing with all this opulence and decadence? And then you went to him, which I'm very curious how you even found out about that place in the middle of nowhere. But you go to him and you kind of like, besides just needing to like download it all, it felt like you gave, that gave you permission to integrate the success. Yes. What, what else was happening for you there? Well... I found that book at Inn of the Seventh Ray in Topanga, California. I'd had dinner. You go pay for the, your dinner in another little small office just across sort of the outdoor walkway. 
And next to the cash register was this book called, I think it was called Passages or Getaways. I think it was called Passages. Anyway, it was a book of all these getaways in the world you can go, rated from five star to one star. Wow. Five star being like, the, you know, some resort in Scottsdale, Arizona, mm-hmm. where you get massages and you eat yeah. well. And there's another one in Switzerland and these places. And you, all the way down to one star, which is like, we don't have any electricity, you know. And I, and I find this one in Monastery Christ the Desert. It's like, look, we're not marked on the highway, but if you can get on Highway 21, which is 12.2 miles north of Ghosta Mountain, so and so, so and so, there'll be a little dirt road to your left and a stick that looks like a cross if it's still standing. <laughs> you can go on foot. It's a 13.5 mile hike. If you can get there and ring the bell, we'll find a place for you to sleep. And I was like, that's the one star place. That's where I want to go. <laughs> Some resistance. I didn't want yeah. these, so I made that hike and went there. And that's how I found that place. Um, I was purging to him. He gave me the great gift that we could all use at times, which is when we're going through tough times. What do we think? We think we're the only one going through it. We think we're the center of the world. The world's revolving around us. It's woe beyond me. It's painful. It's weight. It's a lot of weight on us. There's shame. I share with him. And he, his answer to me after four hours of my, you know, purge was, me too. And I just, Ugh. he let me know that it's, again, you mentioned it, what, something you think you said came across in my book for you. He let me know that it's, it's part of humanity. It's yeah. not only my way. It's not only my problem. It's particular to me, but everybody's got. Yeah, totally. And that let me go, oh, okay. I'm not the only one. Thank you. Now I can navigate. Now I can negotiate. Now I can accept. Correct. The stuff that's coming to me. And I can look it in the eye better and not be ugly and awkward and resisting it because I don't feel like I deserve it and I feel like an imposter on it. No, I'm not an imposter Mm. on it. Me too on that as well. Why not me? Damn why not? Yes, why not others? But yay, I can. I, maybe I can. Or maybe I've earned that as well. Totally. And it's totally. coming. So let's not sabotage it. It was a. It was. A, it really opened me up. And also, forget forgiveness. I think comes in that. Mm-hmm. Self forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Self forgiveness for being human. For God's yeah. sake. Which we're always going to be. Yep. We're never going to not be. So yep. it's like, how do we reconcile with this? Yep. And so, so just the courage, like okay, a lot of the younger men don't feel this comfort with talking to people. Don't share like you were able to do that day with him. Are, are afraid to sometimes speak out loud those demons that are inside of them because of shame. So please encourage them. That's well, why I wanted you here because you, you've Look, done this. To you men out there, I mean... I get it, man. You don't just go out. And I think this is maybe they've all got a similar sense of what vulnerability is to what I've had before. You don't just go out there. You got to, you know, don't be a fool with your problems. We all damn well know there are people out there that will take advantage of us if we go out and share our problems just openly. Some people are going, ooh, okay, I found a crack. I know how to use that person. I've had it happen to me in relationships. I've had it happen to me in business. And I'm not one that always likes to share my problems. I get it. So at least, I'll say this, try sharing with yourself. 
What I mean by that? That's what I mean by put a pin to a page. Or go to a friend and go, all right, I'm going to take a chance here, man. <laughs> and trust that sharing that, you don't lose, you're not losing your masculinity. You're not saying I'm an open sore now. Hey, uh, my, uh, now, now pour salt in me. But it, 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 you'll usually find out that someone will go, yeah, yeah, me too. I hear you. Jeez, let's work this out. What the hell is that thing we got going? Yeah. Well, let's work it out and laugh at it. Don't forget your sense of humor with it. It feels like heavy stuff. Like I've got to be able to giggle through those tears, man, or giggle through that anger. Get pissed off. Damn right, get pissed off. Get so pissed off that you will do something about it or will share it. Take that courage. Masculinity is not about being macho. <laughs> Macho's being chicken shit of, 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 of being that, or being courageous enough to do something about it, or being chicken shit of, of actually sharing something or saying, but we have so many stigmas in life. We have stigmas yeah. on masculinity as well. Um, and I'm not one that prescribes to, oh, we're all the same and the sexes are just the same. I don't prescribe to that. No, no, but you know, it's a human thing. And don't be afraid to have the courage to go share. Go share with a buddy. Go share with another male buddy. And what will probably happen is that male buddy will be honest to go, yeah, me too, man. You know, how we, what, 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 is there something we can do about this? I don't know, man. I mean, don't let, let's get off this. Let's get off this hamster wheel of repeating the same thing just because our foolish pride is holding us down. There's a difference between pride and honor. Honor will have the courage to go, I'm going to change this. Yeah. I'm going to break this. I'm going to break this link. Maybe, maybe we have men out there and I know a lot of them. They're like, well, what do you mean, man? That's where I came from. My brother is in the gang. His dad was in the gang. That's my role. Well, that's pride. Honor will go. What if I broke the chain? I'm my own agent. I'm in charge of me. What do I want to do? For my life so I can get some more ROI on me. Be selfish. That's what I mean by be selfish. That kind of selfish. Yeah. Don't just run around, don't just run in circles on that hamster wheel. That's those green lights I'm talking about that are just nothing but going in circles, no evolution. You don't wanna we're, 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 and don't be don't be afraid that you're gonna lose yourself. That's a big fear I've always had. To share that means I may lose myself. Explain. What you mean? Well, let's go back to Lucas's question about True Detective. How was I? Because my faith was strong. I had confidence in my faith, so I was able to venture out without looking over my shoulder back at my proverbial church. Yeah. Right. Yep. I was able to do to go deep into it without thinking, "Oh, I'll lose myself in the way." Mm -hmm. We have to trust more. I think that we won't lose ourselves. That yeah. it's okay. We can go further away from where you know to be vulnerable feels like you're going away from protecting yourself and what your masculinity is well trust that it's there it's 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 there and even more so mm -hmm. um, and look and i'm in no way saying go be a whiner no <laughs> i don't i'm not a fan of that man we know those people that are whining about everything you're like geez oh man would you just turn the page and get on with it you know <laughs> cut it out we don't like that's not what we're talking about nope you're saying, look at the things in your life that you do, the habits you got, and what keeps happening that you're like, every damn time I try that or act that way, or relationships. Yeah. You know, that way you act with a girl. 
and then pride gets in your way and every time all your relationships start stopping at the exact same time and you're like well it's the it's 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 the girl <laughs> maybe it's us maybe there's something we I can't do that or there's the things well now that's how my dad did it that's how I'll do it that's what my big brother does that's how I'll do it hey I'm all for blood's thicker than water and I'm all for keeping tradition of what we've learned and keeping our ancestors and elders alive through our own emanation but check those things because again like our talismans what are we wearing them for how much are they identified? Remember, we're wearing them. Yes. Mm, yes. We're wearing them. They're it. not wearing you. That's it. That's it. Totally. Is. is that what informed what Just Keep Living, it, the reason you started this 2009 with your wife, uh, to be a contribution to at-risk children in high school? Uh, tell us, you know, is that is part of what you just spoke to, part of what informed why you started that? Well, maybe. I mean, not 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 literally. I mean, I was in this. I was becoming successful. I've I, I've I wanted to give back in a way that something that I cared about in a way that I thought could help. Um, I wanted to do something that could prevent before you needed to cure. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that could help incentivize again. I believe in the power of the individual and the self-determination of the individual. Well, if we can get to these young high school students that may be on the wrong track, that may not know of another option of how to go get through life, navigate life, than the one they've come from. And maybe the one they've come from is not very constructive and ideal. But if we can get to them and show them that, hey, you, your choices do matter. Your choices are compounding assets for your future have a little bit longer view of where you're going and who you want to be and start making those decisions right now. Look, why kids? Because kids all think we're going to, they're going to live forever. They're not worried about tomorrow. Delayed gratification, my ass. I want mine right now. And that's what our world tells us. Get yeah. now. Get it yeah. now. Totally. Well, a lot of what we say we want now, we're actually choices we make now for our instant gratification can create more red lights for our future instead of green light. So I'm just saying in your choices out there, young men, think about the choice that you're making now. Tee yourself up. Be cool to your future self. Tee yourself up for like, oh, if I do this now, I may not get everything I want in the moment, but I'm going to get more of what I want for a longer time in my future. I'll enjoy looking back on this decision and go, nice. And I may not, it may not be the popular decision. Mm-hmm. not be even the one that gives you the most money it may not be the one that gets the biggest laugh at the moment but think about it. just have a little objectification of where you're going and who you want to be and that knowing that this every decision we make is a compounding asset for our own future so invest in yourself but have a little long and think remember it's long term yeah. not all short term no yeah. definitely not Matthew you are a lighthouse on a very dark shore. Your heart, your intention with this book is so powerful. Your ripple effect is gonna go far and wide. I can't thank you enough for coming to this conversation with me and Lucas. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny Akaka. 
<laughs> I will take Daddy a Kaka and I and I have a bottle of Hawaiian tequila with your name on it when and yes. if we ever get to meet in person to start. Deal. Can, can I can I get a hook'em for my uh, brother-in-law who's also yeah, a t- Texas Dell? <laughs> All right now. Thank you. Thank I you. All it. the best. Okay, right, aloha for now. Okay. Thank you. Take care, sir. Bye-bye. Today's episode with Matthew McConaughey uh, is you know, just hard to even fathom, Lucas, that we even were able to secure him. So what, what did you yeah. feel about the interview yourself? Man, he, was, he was a treat. Uh, it was so, that was so much fun. I could listen to him for hours and hours and hours. And that's, I guess, just reading his book, is, that's what's part of it. But Yeah, yeah um, for sure. Yeah. He almost has this, I noticed this, like, like uh, a bit of a song to his, you know, waxing on about things. Like, sure. like almost like a Southern pastor. That's what I was like, thinking. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's like that kind of like you get into this rhythm and he builds you up to a frenzy and he <laughs> brings you back down. It's got that like trajectory yeah. and it's, you know, one of the things I was present to in a lot of interviews I saw with him before doing this interview was how often different interview hosts interrupted him. Mm. And that was something I consciously went into this podcast interview with was really a choice to not interrupt him because I feel, especially with that kind of, uh, I think it would be called like a canter in music because mm-hmm. I used to sing, you know, there's like a canter that, you know, canters also like a synagogue. There's a canter who's able to do that chanting, so to speak. And I just feel like if you interrupt somebody who's on that kind of a role, it's almost like you're interrupting a singer in the middle of the song before they're finished. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That's yeah. what I thought of. But uh, the other thing, too, at the end that he spoke to was about the future self. And I, I can't recall if he sp- spoke to this in the book, even though I've read the book now twice. But that is a really powerful tool that's used in coaching, mm-hmm. where we let somebody step into their future self. Uh, and that's what I feel he you know, is conscious of as well with himself, that there is a future him and is the cho- are the choices he's making now in service to that future self. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. What, what else did you want to say yeah, about it? More and more that I found uh, was a lot of the things that he talked about in, in our interview were things that I found are like your five practices, like um, hmm. self and other empathy, um, wow. like the self-responsibility, um, yeah, I guess I don't know that he ever said it exactly, but like being the hero of your own journey and not you're not never playing the victim. I don't. That's yep. not an option for him. So, yep, for um, sure. but yeah, it was. And, and his willingness to be with. I mean, now you got me thinking. Yeah, and his to willingness be to be with the hard to be with feelings. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that self um, awareness, mindfulness. The mindfulness. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, Lucas! I should have seen that before you saw it. <laughs> I am the observer. <laughs> I just sit back here and watch everything. <laughs> you do more than that. You do more than that. Well, thank you. Thank you for noticing that. And uh, yeah, so if you guys want to go further after you read Green Lights, then you should read my book yes. <laughs> and see how to do those things he advocates because those five practices that uh, 
you know, I did discover among so many of my teachers that worked for me in my path and journey, uh, you know, they, they changed my life. So ultimately, I think Matthew is an advocate of changing your life for the better and uh and being able to find a way to cope with those green light the red lights and the yellow lights along the way uh so anyway i hope you guys enjoyed this episode it was certainly special for me and lucas uh i know that i did not sleep the night before <laughs> i was so nervous uh, uh we have a mutual friend uh danny akaka uh, who uh, was able to arrange this incredible opportunity for myself and Lucas and for you, the viewers. Uh, ultimately, I am really desirous of putting on this podcast things that are valuable for you in your real life, in your trading, in your work. And that's what I felt his book and his message uh, and his story would do. And so I will ask you if you like this episode or any other episode, uh, if you consider giving us uh, a five-star rating on iTunes and or a review. I hear it's a little trickier to put reviews up on iTunes now. So if you do go to that trouble, we will be very grateful. Uh, and we will see, we have other amazing guests coming on future podcasts. We've been very fortunate uh, lately to get some great people. So I hope you guys will come back. Please give us the, in, your, in the comments what you want to hear more of, what you want to have uh, on here, and we'll do our best to meet that need. Anything else we should add, Lucas? No, that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll say aloha for now and a hui ho uh, until we meet again. Be nice to yourself and be kind to everybody you meet. Okay, aloha. This has been the Wall Street Coach Podcast with K-Man Curtin. You can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.